When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackmine, joined always by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or subscribe anywhere. You get your podcast, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They fall to the Cleveland Browns in week 11, 13 to 10. And man, right now things are fuming. They are red hot within the Pittsburgh Steelers locker room, organization, and fan base. We'll dive into Kenny Pickett, Mike Tomlin, Najee Harris, a little flashback with Miles Garrett and where we currently stand with the Pittsburgh Steelers, despite it not being victory Monday. It is a uh, pretty beautiful day out here in the city of Pittsburgh. How are we feeling, my friend? I'm feeling good. Uh, took my first trip ever, really, to the city of Cleveland. Uh, nice. I saw some wonderful sights like, you know, the highway going into the city, the <laughs> The off-ramp to get to the stadium, the outside of the stadium, the inside of the stadium, and uh, that was my trip around Cleveland. But it was a good time. It was it was a great trip. Um, You know, not the not the result the Steelers fans wanted, but it it was cool to be out there, see that environment, and and go on the road for a game for once. Yeah, no doubt. You also saw the uh, outside of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Can't that's uh, true. That's true. I did see that. Can't forget that one. And you know the the cusp of a lake, which is I don't remember what lakes there, but also you know it was a good trip. It was a it good was. trip, which which the uh, wish the Pittsburgh Steelers walked away victors. But, you know, it is what it is. We'll dive into everything because to a degree, you kind of look at this game and you say this is the sum of a lot of things that have been happening and maybe the tipping point for a team that has kind of been boiling over for some time now and barely sneaking by with some of these wins. 13 to 10 is a loss that nobody enjoys but if this was the other way around the Pittsburgh Steelers would be talking about oh well this is how we win games this is constantly what we do we're a fourth quarter team doesn't matter what you do or what the score is as long as you come away victorious when it's on the other end well things start getting heated people start getting upset people start saying some things we'll start with the biggest topic of conversation probably within the fan base I don't know if it's in the organization just yet but probably will be when they get back to the facility today and throughout the week Kenny Pickett for the fourth week in a row failed to reach 200 yards had 106 yards against the Browns goes 0 for 3 in that fourth quarter attempt for a comeback with two minutes a little over two minutes left in the game gives the Browns an opportunity to seal it they do I mean the entire game he looked 
pretty bad. I don't think I'm alone saying that. Have the Steelers hit a point in your mind where it may be time to consider a change with Kenny Pickett, or are you still giving this kid a little bit of leeway and saying maybe you stick it with him? I think you can consider it. I think it's fair to consider making a quarterback change at this point, but I don't know if that's in the best interest of the Steelers in the short term. Um, yeah. I think for right now, for at least you know another week or two, it's it's best to roll with Kenny because I still think that you're in a competitive spot as a team. Um, you're yeah. only six and four. Uh, you're still kind of in the thick of the AFC playoff race, which is really competitive and really crowded. So uh, I, unless you think there is an upgrade uh, on elsewhere on this roster, and I don't really think there is. I think there's just something different, uh, which is very different. Um, I think you got to continue to roll with Kenny because I think he puts you in the in the best spot to be competitive and to and to maybe win games. I, I understand what what that spot is. It's not particularly great. Kenny hasn't shown us a whole lot. Uh, particularly over the last four weeks, like your three or four weeks, like you said, um, and really for most of this season, he hasn't shown us a whole lot, but I still think that he is better than Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph. So I think if you are still serious about maybe competing for a playoff spot, uh, then as the Steelers, I think you got to stick with Kenny Pickett, but uh, you, you do that understanding that the ceiling might be a little bit low um, and that yeah. you are, you are continuing to win in ways that, and, and we're going to get to to this in a second, but in ways that Najee Harris said just aren't sustainable, you know. And so you're, it's a rocky boat, um, but no matter how you slice it, that's how it's going to be. And and I think Kenny Pickett makes the boat less rocky, the least rocky, uh, yeah, of of the three options that they have. Yeah, I I agree. Like I think it's time to consider a change. I have a hard time saying that a change would be better you know I kind of sit here and my thought is Kenny Pickett is not the guy you know and I think at this point in his career I kind of look at it but I look at it like in a bigger picture like I kind of think Matt Canada ruined him and I tr I try really hard not to I tried really hard to avoid that narrative but I just think that you watch a guy like DTR yesterday you watch a guy I mean we were driving back from Cleveland and you saw the the Brock Purdy stat that is just like unreal. And I'm not saying Brock Purdy isn't a good quarterback. I'm just saying in a really good system, you could make average quarterbacks good or suitable or winnable. And I think the Pittsburgh Steelers found themselves in a situation where Kenny Pickett was thrust into this. Maybe he wasn't capable of being a starting NFL quarterback yet. Maybe he'll never be capable of being a starting NFL quarterback but you put him in probably the worst situation pro possible. And then you kept that situation going for another season. And I think there are a bunch of reasons that the Pittsburgh Steelers offense does not work. I think Matt Canada remains the biggest one. Like I think the fact that you as an offense, as a whole, just lack communication are never on the same page. Your quarterback is regressing. I mean, these are all things. Yeah. Players, regress sometimes and busts happen all the time but you look pretty much anywhere you, like literally everywhere you look in New York Zach Wilson isn't working out right now Nathaniel Hackett is a guy that with Aaron Rodgers won two MVPs people are looking at Nathaniel Hackett and saying is he the reason Zach Wilson isn't the guy and in Pittsburgh it's is Matt Canada not the guy I think I think to a degree the Steelers kind of screwed Kenny Pickett out of early success and maybe kind of trying to find his footing 
this early in his career. And because of that, you've kind of hit a point right now where, yeah, maybe the best case scenario is to consider a change, open a quarterback competition. But I also definitely agree with you. Like Mitch Trubisky is not the guy. I wouldn't put Mitch Trubisky out there at all, no matter what, wouldn't even consider it. And if I'm going to consider a quarterback, it's probably going to be Mason Rudolph. And I think at, at bare minimum, Mason maybe gives you just like a little bit of, well, nobody's seen Mason Rudolph throw a football in three years. So, you know, maybe a little sleeper effect, maybe some unknown there. He's also f- five and four as a, as a starting quarterback with like a very average team around him, or at least an offensive team around him when he was the starter. But I think we both know the Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, they are not, they're not even going to consider Mason Rudolph. They wouldn't, they wouldn't even look his way. They probably forget he's on the roster, let alone going to consider him a starting quarterback. I don't know. I think I agree with you. Like, I think that they're, they're kind of stuck right now. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I think you make a good point about how a lot of these struggles, the miscommunications, the yeah. idea that, that none of these guys seem to be on the same page week to week, that, that comes back to coaching. And if you, throw a new quarterback in there, that's fine, but all these guys are being coached under the same system, coached by yep. the same guy. And if the coaching is uh, is failing you, and if the coaching is is subpar, then you know how much a personnel change is going to affect that, you know? How much can that can that change things? I I feel like it it's not very much, especially when you're working with a quarterback room that doesn't have a ton of talent to begin with. You yes. know? Um it, it's it's a pretty bleak situation and, and I just don't see where, where the immediate solution is. I mean, I, I understand how, how frustrating it's been, but like, you know, person, if they could have, if they had a better option than Kenny on the roster, that guy would probably be starting right now. You know, yes. it wouldn't have taken this long to, to get there. And I think this, this is what kind of brings you to the realization that maybe the Steelers problems offensively are a little more structural than, you know, uh, than attributable to one guy or or to one position or to to one kind of stretch of poor play. It's it, these are things that are that are at the root of who they are and how they're built. Um, they they've got issues not just at quarterback but throughout the entire offense. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like you can't, and that's like it's such a harsh reality for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but it's also a hole that they dug themselves. Like we talked about it all summer and. and you know, is and all spring is is Mitch the guy? Do you keep Mitch around? Do you get somebody else just in case? No, you you just ignore it. It is what it is. Cool. Kenny's got to be the guy, but that's so much pressure. And then now it's falling apart. And like, I mean, we've been talking about Matt Canada for years. Like, that's not like a new conversation. And the Steelers have ignored all these things. And here they are, which kind of like leads into this next talking point of Mike Tomlin and his words after the game, which. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When he was asked about the Steelers offense and it, the, I mean, this is the question. What do you have to do to get your offense going? This is what he said, quote, they have a really good defense. They make a lot of offenses look like that coupled with their venue, 
we had we have to give them some credit. We knew their reputation in week two. Maybe the rest of the National Football League didn't. It's been it's kind of been confirmed in the weeks after that. And obviously they were really good today. It's the defense. It's the defense. How do you blame? And I get it. You know, Miles Garrett had one hell of a hell of a day from start to finish the Cleveland Browns defense. I mean, they looked phenomenal, but so did the Pittsburgh Steelers to a degree. Like, you know, you kind of look at you have to look at the big picture again. And the big picture, the final outcome is 13 to 10, 13. Your defense only gave up 13 points. Three of those came with five seconds left on the clock. Any team in the National Football League will tell you, yeah, we should be able to score more than 13 points in a game and expect to win. And if we hold a team, I mean, it's rule of thumb. We've talked about this a dozen times this season. It's rule of thumb in the NFL. If you hold a team to under 20 points, you should expect a victory. The Pittsburgh Steelers couldn't even get two touchdowns. I mean, Tomlin blames the defense. This goes full circle. It's been years of ignoring Matt Canada. It's been years of ignoring this hole on offense and that hole on offense and the quarterback situation and everything. I mean, you heard it. You were there. What were your thoughts when that came out of Mike Tomlin's mouth? And I mean, where where do you stand with this? Well, it's not technically wrong. I mean, they have a, no, they, yeah, do you're have right. a great, they do have a good defense, but look, man, this is a, this is a team that they hope to compete with, that they expect to compete with. Um, so you can't just kind of resign yourself to saying, well, our opponent was really good. So, you know, we can't really attribute any issues to ourselves. You know, yep. you got to take some responsibility when, uh, as a team that hopes to compete for the playoffs, that hopes to compete for this division, uh, when, when you don't, are not able to compete with a unit on another team in that division, another team that's competing for the playoffs, that's, you can't just kind of throw up your hands and say, oh, well, they're a good team too. You know, yep. like, that's a team that you hope to be on the level, on the same level with. Uh, and so to kind of resign yourself to to just giving all the credit to the other team without kind of looking inward and saying, well, we've got to make some adjustments if we want to compete with these guys, uh, that's that's misguided in my opinion. And that's, I think, missing the point. Uh, and it's ignoring uh, – it's ignoring – it's ignore. It's unambitious. I think is yes. the is the right word for it. You know, like it's, it's it's unambitious, and it's it's Mike Tomlin talking like uh, the coach of a team that is tanking or rebuilding, instead of a team that entering this year had hopes to not just make the playoffs, but maybe even make a run in those playoffs. And and this is just, yeah, unambitious. Unambitious is the word I keep coming back to. It's it's not, I think, becoming of a team with kind of the tradition and the talent level that the that the Steelers have and the, and the ambitions that or the hopes that that they had for this season. Yes, that that is almost the perfect way to put it. Like this is it's it's not a team and this is not a coach that is fighting for a Super Bowl. It's a coach that I mean this is the last 2 years, maybe 3 years. You've heard the same story from Mike Tomlin. Yeah, well, we're going to continue. Eventually, it's going to click. We're going to continue to do this. This is the reason for this. It's not us, blah, blah, blah. It's acceptable the last two seasons. It's not acceptable this season. Two years ago, you're at the end of Ben Roethlisberger. The team around him is falling apart. There's no talent here. The defense is, is still a work in progress. There's a lot of young guys. Your superstar talent is low. You you technically should be in a rebuild, but Ben's still here, so you're not in a rebuild yet. You're fighting for the playoffs. Acceptable to admit 
hey, there's not much we could do. This is it is what it is. This is this is the opponent. Last year, you're in a complete rebuild. This is this is time. Nothing good's going to happen. You are allowed to use other teams as an excuse, and the fact that you don't have things as an excuse, and you could say those things. This year, that is not the case. The Pittsburgh Steelers' window is open. They have a quarterback that they fully believe in, that they continue to talk about how much they believe in. They have a, a phenomenal defense. Even if there's holes, even if at times things don't look great, the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense does what it needs to do week in and week out to keep teams in a winnable margin so that their offense has an opportunity to win. You have the pieces around you to be something. I'm not saying a Super Bowl team, but to be something. And just like you said, Tomlin is talking like it's okay to fail and that the Pittsburgh Steelers should accept that, hey, at times we will not be the better team on a football field. That is wild to me. And if you ask Pittsburgh Steelers fans, they will lose their minds under that notion. They will they they'd fire Tomlin tomorrow if they had the opportunity to just because he continues to just point blame in other directions outside of himself and the team. And it's 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 dragging everything, I believe, around him down. This is I mean, we've talked all season long. You know, we have we have we've been very critical of Mike Tomlin throughout the season. This might be the first time in Tomlin's career. I, as a Pittsburgh Steelers growing up a fan, turning into a reporter have been critical of Tomlin at all. I have always supported and said, hey, Mike Tomlin is one of the best coaches in the NFL. This season, it's almost as if, I don't know, like his own ways. I don't want to say the league because I don't believe it's the league. I believe it's his own ways are starting to catch up with him and it's starting to take his team down with him. You know, he still does all all these incredible things and he's still, you know, one of the most unique and best coaches in the NFL in a lot of areas when it comes to addressing things that need to be addressed and fixing problems. I mean, he's, he's shooting himself in the foot time in and time out. Where do you, where do you put the blame right now? Where do you, you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers as a whole top to bottom art Rooney to the guys washing the jerseys. Where is the blame? Who is to blame for the Pittsburgh Steelers and just like they're not not their fall to the Browns, but their lack of inability to get better or acknowledge that they need to get better. Yeah, I, I think it kind of starts with the coaching staff and yeah. kind of I think you can you can blame individual losses on players um, and, and maybe on coaches as well. But when when the struggles have been this consistent and and they've been the same thing they've been of the same kind of design for week after week and now going on year after year uh you got to talk about the coaches and you know it's obviously a pretty narrow set of those coaches I mean obviously it starts at the top with Mike Tomlin but then it's the rest of the offensive coaching staff as well um falls to Matt Canada obviously as the quarterbacks coach or as a excuse me as the offensive coordinator but you know also falls on the quarterback coaching as well I mean it's there isn't I feel like there isn't a whole lot of stuff wrong with this with this Steelers team, but the stuff yeah. that is wrong is is really glaring and, and the holes are coming at really important positions. Um yep. and, and the and the poor play is coming at really important parts of the team. Um so yeah, I think once once struggles start to become consistent and and they start to be this uh, you know, 
they last for this long, it's pretty easy to say that that it falls on coaching uh, because you control the situation around you. Um, you control the players you bring in. You control how you coach them and how you develop them. And I think you hit on something a little bit earlier too, is just that there hasn't been progress, especially yes. over the course of this year. I think you could have said last year there was some progress over the course of the year and they finished better than they started. Uh, but this year that has not been the case. You have not seen the arrow continue to be pointed up. It It is at best been stagnant, you know? Uh, yep. And I think that's that's a pretty big indictment on coaching and, and, and what they've done with this team so far this year. Yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly. Like, there's a part of me and people, I saw I saw Colin Dunlap on 93.7 The Fan or, or from 93.7 The Fan. He posted something on his on his Instagram saying, you know, he was asked by Bob, Pompe- Bob Pompiani, excuse me, whose fault it was. And he said, it's Art Rooney's for allowing all of this and Mike Tomlin to have so much control. I'm not putting blame on Art Rooney. I feel like that's maybe too high up in the food chain to the point of where like, you know, like what is a 70 plus year old man going to do when he's got all these moving pieces? You know what I mean? He's not coming down here and saying, hey, Matt, you got to do this better or run Jalen Warren or whatever. But I think as, as high up as you can get in this situation might be Mike Tomlin. And I think that it, it falls on his entire tree. It falls on everything that he's the standard he sets. And then the people below him who do not meet that standard and he allows to not meet that standard. That's, you know, the Steelers talk constantly. He uses every Tomlinism in the freaking world every single week. The standard is the standard. We have to live up to a standard. We do not live in our fears, blah, 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 blah. And every week he does, he goes back on every single one of those. Every week he does the complete opposite of every single one of those, at least this season. And at times I I think that's where the blame falls is Mike Tomlin starts it and he allows, it's like a domino effect. He allows the standard to dip and then everybody below him dips too and it pulls it down. And eventually the level of success just continues to drain and the Pittsburgh Steelers find themselves where they are. I think the bigger picture or, or the smaller picture is Matt Canada. Obviously that's like a, that's a huge issue. But if I had a, if I had a, pinpointed it starts at the top and just like you said like it's the entire blanket of everybody who's associated with putting this team together Monday through Saturday who allow the product on Sunday to be what it is and that's that's where the 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 blame falls Najee said after the game he said two two pretty big things we'll start off with the play calling he without acknowledging it I mean we were both standing right there for this entire Najee Harris interview and the, the whole time, like, I mean, they tried the PR department, shout out to them. They put in their best effort to shut this thing down as quickly as possible, which is what their job is. Their job is to not allow players to make major headlines in negative ways. Najee was like, no, nah, no, nah, you could keep talking to me. You could, you know, let's just keep this going. He said he didn't say a ton, like his quotes were very little, but he let out just enough and gave just enough facial expressions to be like, OK, this is alarming and Najee means a lot without saying a lot the two big things that I think stood out maybe the three big things now nah, two I guess you could tie the other one into a couple of things he says sometimes it feels like the plays are predictable he didn't say those exact words he said he was asked if at times it feels like the defense knows what's coming and he said he said yes at times you know to be honest with you 
And then he said that the Pittsburgh Steelers, he said he's tired of this shit, quote unquote, tired of this shit, said that the Steelers need to have a meeting with all the offensive guys where they'll probably just clear the air and do what they need to do and talk about whatever they need to talk about. And then he was asked if the Steelers, if everybody in the locker room is a team first guy. And he looked at the camera, he smirked, and he said, I'd rather just talk about me, which every single person in the world interpreted as no, the Steelers do not have an entire locker room filled with guys that are team first people. I think you could tie all those things together into what this meeting is going to consist of. I mean, we'll start with the interview itself. How alarming was Najee Harris sitting there talking to everybody? How much did you take away from it? And what do you expect from this meeting whenever it does happen? Yeah, it was it was a little funny. I mean, so we we do this interview. I think it was the last one that kind of, you know, went on in the locker room after the game. Yeah. We go back up to the press box and and Mark Caboli from the Athletic walks behind us as we're like listening back to this interview and transcribing it and he says I've been doing this for 20 years. That was the strangest interview I've ever seen in my life. Um, and I think he was right. It was pretty strange. Um, like for all, for all the reasons you, you identified, but I mean, yeah, it was, it was a Najee Harris that I think sees himself as, as a big leader, as an important voice in the locker yep. room. And this was his chance to, to give his take on things and give his perspective. And like you said, he couldn't, couldn't really say everything. He didn't want to say everything, but uh, what he did say, he, he did say a lot. And I mean, to admit, you know, out in front that, that the Steelers, their play calls can be predictable at times um, yeah. to say that, that we need to talk this out. We need to clear the air. I mean, I, I think he just feels like there's a lot of, pent up anger. And I mean, going back to, to what Mike, what we talked about with Mike Tomlin, like the, the inability to maybe admit publicly that like, yeah, we're struggling. We're we're not where we want to be. We're not, we're not good enough. And there are, there are problems that we've got to address more directly. I think that's, what's frustrating Najee the most is that it seems like the sealers are dancing around their issues a lot, you know, instead of kind of addressing them head on and being honest with each other about what's, what's been going wrong. And I think that's, what he wants first and foremost, like obviously he wants to fix those problems, but I think he wants, you know, before anything else to just for the team to acknowledge what the problems are and for everyone to be on the same page. Uh, That was, I think my biggest takeaway is that he just feels like not everyone is on the same page and, you know, both like, you know, on the field, but also off the field thinking about, okay, where do we go from here after we struggle? What needs to be addressed? And I, I don't think he thinks that everyone is on the same page in that sense. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I think when I when I heard him say that we had a meeting, my first thought or that we're going to have a meeting. My first thought was the Steelers already had a meeting and everybody's going to say that the Steelers already had a meeting earlier in the season. The me- the more I thought about it, the more I realized the Pittsburgh Steelers are are pretty, pretty near rock bottom for where they want to be right now. You know, like this is a this is a winning football team who should be much better than they are. And for that, in that instance, it, this this could be pretty close to to the bottom of of what they could what they could accomplish. Like it kind of feels like for the first time this season, things are boiling over. Where last year, when they went into the bye week, things were red hot. That pot was splashing all over the place. It was bad. 
They went into this meeting. They cleared the air. I'm sure things got a little hostile at times. And they made a plan to say, this is how we're going to win. And this is what we need to do. And everybody needs to be on the same page. And then they came back and we saw it. You know, you saw it with every interview. You saw it with every game. The Pittsburgh Steelers were a unit and they won as a unit and they believed in that unit. The Pittsburgh Steelers do not believe in this unit right now. And the meeting earlier in the season was just a simply, hey, we should be better than where we are. So let's try to get there. At this point, if you walk into a meeting and if the Pittsburgh Steelers walk into that meeting, I don't expect it to be very friendly. I expect it to be a lot of guys who are, I mean, we saw Deontay in the locker room yesterday losing his mind, freaking out, telling the media, I don't got I don't got a damn thing to say to you guys. I got nothing to say, freaking out, losing his mind on the sideline a week ago, throwing his hands up in the air. George Pickens shaking his head during the game. Najee Harris saying all this. It will be a lot of guys who are very talented and should contribute to this team in much better, bigger ways than they are being open about where the Pittsburgh Steelers stand and how they're almost fed up with it. And that will lead to discussions of, hey, this is how we need to go about things. This is how we need to improve. And then they could come to that to that unit. That's what they needed to hit. Like a, like a, a meeting in week four or five, whenever it happened, they don't even know who they are yet. They had no idea that meeting was nothing big. And everybody that talked about it was kind of just like, yeah, it was just like kind of like a clear the air type of you know, friendly environment. This one, I fully anticipate people say some harsh things that need to be said and that the Pittsburgh Steelers look at this like and have to actually look themselves in the mirror and say, hey, man, this this sucks. We suck as a group. There's a there's reasons that we suck. And I would imagine people point out Matt Canada in this situation, just like they did a year ago, like a year ago, the uh, the team was struggling with their identity. And, you know, there are there are multiple reports and and rumbles as i call them that in those in that meeting during the bye week it was a lot of look at you're the offensive coordinator you got to find this damn identity and you got to give it to us so that we could actually make this work i would expect a lot of the same in this one like i would i don't expect it to be friendly and i think that that's needed and you know in my opinion and maybe you have a different one i think it'll help like, I think that in a meeting that gets a little unfriendly and that gets a little hostile and, you know, people let it clear the air and they get they get a little aggressive at times. I think that that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers need to kind of kick these to kind of take the, the kid gloves off and say, hey, look at Matt, you are not doing your job good enough. You, you know, half the fan base, 90 percent of the fan base wants you fired. There's probably good reason for that. Kenny, you stink, man. I don't know what you're doing, but you are not playing well enough, and you are a huge reason why we cannot find success on offense. You both have to play better. Offensive line, you got to do this. Najee, you got to do this. You know, George, you got to stop crying, and Deontay, you got to stop losing your mind on the sideline. Like, I would expect all that to happen, but I, in my opinion, think that that's what they need, and I I actually anticipate that that it's going to help. Yeah, and then everyone can be like, Jalen, you're perfect. Keep doing what you're Jaylen's doing. Jalen's the man, dude. Jalen didn't do it. If, they, if Jalen get, will get up there and everybody will applaud, and yeah. they'll be like, yeah, that's the guy right there. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, 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 think you, I think you make a good point. Like, they, they just need to be honest with each other. Like, they need yeah. to they, – everyone needs to be on the same page about, about what – I mean, like, things aren't going well and everyone's pissed off already what's it going to change getting pissed off at one another kind of in, in an open setting in a, yep. in a safe place where you can kind of be honest about 
about what what's bothering you. Like that's to think the first step. I mean, it's it's a small step, but it's a step in the right direction. And I think you're right that that it'll help. You know, either you know everyone can come to terms with the fact that this isn't working, or or people can can acknowledge what isn't working and and get to work on it and and get to get to work fixing it. Um, so you know, I think you you will learn something about your team when you, when you do something like that, you will learn about, uh, you know, how committed you actually are to making this group work, uh, to making this yep. group successful, um, and possibly come out on the other side, much better for it and, and much more focused and, and able to, I don't know, able not to determine where you want to go, but determine how you want to turn this thing around. Yep. I agree. And that's it starts somewhere because as of up until this point, you could round out this entire podcast with everything. Just like you said, you know, you, you could come out on the other side better because up until this point, and we've addressed it throughout this entire show, they have ignored it and they have done everything they possibly can to ignore it. And a meeting will certainly help it. All right. Before we head out, it's Monday. Same thing we do at the end of every show on Monday. This time it's a little bit tougher, I would say. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 6-4. and four. They're coming off a 13-10 to 10 loss. Everybody and their mother is losing their mind about this football team right now. The fans want everybody gone. They want Mike Tomlin gone. They want Matt Canada gone. They want Kenny Pickett gone. They don't even want Mitch Trubisky out there. They want Mason Rudolph as the starting quarterback. They want Najee Harris benched for Jalen Warren. Everybody, there is, there is a billion things that the Pittsburgh Steelers fan base Wants they sit six and four, they fall below the the Cleveland Browns in the AFC North race. They're now a game and a half behind Baltimore and a half a game behind Cleveland. Where do you stand with the Pittsburgh Steelers heading into week 12? Man, I still think that, despite my better judgment, I still think this is a playoff team. That this is a team that can at least make the postseason. Um, mostly just because this schedule is real favorable. Um, yeah. We said the same thing before the before the Cleveland game. Um, I'll say the same thing after. I mean, it is not encouraging to lose to a backup quarterback in any capacity, but, uh, I mean, they won't face a defense like this again down the stretch of the season. Um, you get two games against uh, Arizona and New England. You get to play Indianapolis as well. Uh, Cincinnati with a backup quarterback twice. I mean, Seattle and Baltimore are tough, but, you know, they sit at six wins right now. Five, you know, four or five wins, five more wins are certainly within reach. Um, yeah. So it's probably going to be all you need to get through a, a crowded AFC and, and into the playoff picture. So I'm certainly less optimistic about their ability to win any kind of games in that in that uh, once they make the postseason. But, you know, for the most part, I mean, most teams, you just kind of you want an invitation to the dance, you know. Yep. You just want to get there and you see what happens. Um, and I think the Steelers can certainly get there. Um, you know, even as they're currently constructed, I don't think they have to get a whole lot better to to get to those four or five wins that you maybe need to put you over the top. So I'm still saying playoff team. Um, we'll see how it goes in Cleveland next week, but right now I'll, I'll stick with I'll stick with firmly a, a playoff team, playoff likely. I'll, I'll say I like playoff likely. I like playoff likely. I think I I sit in the same spot like. You know, a really bad game against Cleveland is not great. But, you know, the Steelers are going to do something. Like, they've climbed their way to six wins. They're not going to just end here. It's not like they're going to finish the season with six wins. That's just that's just not going to happen. So, I could see them winning. I could see them winning at least three more games. 
maybe four or five if they could pull them out. And then Baltimore at the end of the season, I don't care what anybody says, it's Baltimore and they always play Baltimore tough. And, you know, maybe just maybe they could squeak by. And you also don't know where Baltimore is going to be at that point in the season. Like you could be looking at a backup Baltimore team because they're already in the A, they already won the AFC North. And, you know, there's really nothing else to play for because your playoff spot is locked in and you could be playing a bunch of backups. I think the Steelers are still playoff team. I just think that every week that passes that they don't put up a a good performance. And I think that's all it needs. You know, you go to Cincinnati next week and you put up 26 points or something. You're right back in this. You know, we're sitting here and go, that's it. That's what they needed to do. You do that twice. And like the, the expectations go through the roof. But until they do that, just like you said, like once they get into the dance, I don't know what happens, but I don't have very optimistic feelings about what's going to happen. I still think that they they find their way there and with the way the AFC is shaping out, I mean they could they could certainly walk themselves into the playoffs and until somebody else steps it up like Buffalo or whoever, you could just continue to think, "Hey, this is a playoff team and they're fighting from behind, but they're still in there and right now they got a playoff spot and I don't expect it to change again as we get closer to the end of the season. We'll start talking playoffs more and more, but Man, dude, for right now, you walk into the playoffs with this team and the way they're going, you know, imagine getting like Kansas City round one. Yikes. Big, uh, big yikes. But I've seen crazier things happen and all you got to do is get there. Mike Tomlin talks about that all the time. And it's only week 12. So there's six more weeks to try to figure this out. And as crazy as that sounds, that's a long time to turn things around for an NFL football team. All right. With that said. We're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Check us out anywhere you get your podcasts. And as always, find all of our work at allsteelers.com and our pit coverage at insidethepanthers.com. We will be back on Wednesday. Enjoy another beautiful day in the Berg. Peace.